Hello and welcome to the Film School podcast, episode 18th for this Wednesday, the 11th of November, 2020. Uh, my name's Adam and today we are joined by the one and only film guru himself, Jack Luke, how you doing? Yeah, good thanks, Adam. How Sorry, that's Josh. I um, messed that up. <laughs> we also have <laughs> the final girl, Emily Pratt. How you doing, Emily? Hello, I'm well, Adam. See, introduced you perfectly. And last but not least... <laughs> The apparently not rom-com expert, Chris Birchie. How are you doing, Chris? I'm good, mate. Well, I'll explain why I'm not later. Yeah. I, I'm... yeah. I'd still, I'm not buying that, though. I think you can still be an expert with some uh, pretty decent views. All right, we'll, we'll get to it, we'll get to it. So Film School Podcast is a podcast where we talk about all the films that we watch throughout the week with uh, a set of movie of the weeks. The movies of the week this week are Arrival and Holiday. And we'll probably do them in the other order. Um, you can follow us on Letterboxd, uh, and all the details are in the description below. Uh, we also have a Twitter and an Instagram, Film School Pod. Um, so, what? let's just start off with what did you guys watch this week that aren't the main topic films? And was there anything good that you recommend? Uh, I suppose I only watched one other film, actually. It was probably the film I enjoyed the most this week. It's a movie called Demons, and it's directed by Lamberto Bava. It's an Italian horror movie from the 80s. It was written by Dario Argento and uh, Lamberto Bava. Dario Argento is the famous director of Suspiria, the original. Um, it's, it takes place in West Berlin in a movie theatre, and basically the movie theatre becomes infested with demons that proceed to kill the patrons one by one. And it's just very gory, very out of control, very over the top. It's super 80s, and I just thought it was a super fun time. Like, there's a scene of a guy riding a dirt bike throughout the movie theatre with a pummeling heavy metal soundtrack playing, and he's got a massive samurai sword that he's just going at these demons with. And I was just like, yeah, just had a great time. and. Really enjoyed it. Solid. Sounds mm. like a fun movie. Absolutely. Uh, I you? watched... Oh, sorry. There you go. There you go. I was going to say, um, I watched a Netflix horror movie from this year. Um, it's like a Polish horror movie called Nobody Sleeps in the Woods Tonight. And, like, I, I probably wouldn't recommend it, but it was interesting time. Like, the concept is that there's this, like group of um teenagers who are like addicted to their phones and technology and stuff so they go to like this offline camp or like get sent on an offline camp where they have to like survive for three nights or something without phones um then they discover this like deadly danger lurking in the woods that like starts just killing them off in like a slasher style um yeah slasher style kills i guess and it had a lot of promise, like, to start with, it was, like, going pretty well. And I, and I also, I really liked the fact that it wasn't, like, condemning technology, like what I, a lot of movies tend to do these days, I think. Um, and it was even, like, you know, kind of self-aware, like, there was a character, like, joking about, like, you know, the horror tropes and all that sort of stuff. Um, but then it just went downhill. So it had a lot of promise, but just, yeah, didn't quite, um, quite go anywhere good. I reckon it's a good watch. I reckon give it a go. Like, not, as you said, not great, but... Um... If you like a gore type movie, lots of kills. Mm. Um, it's yeah, rated so, R, actually. So yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, decent watch. It's actually uh, if you watch it, Adam, you might uh, might be reminiscent of uh, a young sixteen or so year old yourself. I reckon <laughs> with the main yeah. character. 
<laughs> oh really? Okay. Well, now you've got you've, you've piqued my interest. Was it like a real fat little chubby kid who's like real nerdy? He was like, yeah, one of like the, I don't know. He was like a Twitch stream. Oh, not a Twitch streamer, but you know, like he had a. He was. I think it was. Yeah. I think came it was. School, was came to school with streamer. an iPad. You know that sort of guy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All right, Josh. Um, uh, sorry, Chris. Yeah. Did you watch something that wasn't um, horror? No, I only no, I only watched these two and that one. So oh, yeah, okay. I only watched a few movies as well. Well, I watched one that I actually really recommend um, you guys checking out called Kid Jillionaire. So essentially, there's. Uh, it's about a bunch of con artists who train their daughter to swindle and scam uh, and steal like at every turn. Um, and it's just really weird. Like, um, like the, the way that it's filmed, like it's very like stylized um, and they recruit a stranger to come and join this family of con artists. Uh, and yeah, it was really good. It has like um, the girl from... Uh, that HBO show. Oh, the name's escaping me right now. Um, the one, Wild Wild West? The one, what's the one where they sit in the Western? Westworld? Westworld, thank you. That's the exact name that I was looking for. Yeah, so it has that. Evan, Evan Rachel Woods, um, Richard Jenkins. Um, and it, yeah, highly recommended. Like, it's really weird, but it was probably one of the better films that I've seen this year. So, yeah, that was it. All right. I think that that's probably a good part to now jump into the main topics so all right so let's start off with the much anticipated holly date uh 2020 film uh rom-com uh released on netflix directed by john white whitehall whitesall um has the producer M, uh, Mick G, which I know Josh is a huge fan after they did the Babysitter series. Um, it stars Luke Bracey, Emma Roberts, and no one else of real note besides like the guy from that terrible TV show, The Order, that's also on Netflix. <laughs> so, uh, do you want to? Does that? Do you want to give us the plot summary, Chris? Yeah, I'll go through it. So. As the movie is called Holiday, it's pretty obvious what it's about. Uh, pretty much the title gives it away. Um, but I'll go through a very brief synopsis. So the two characters, uh, the two main characters, so um, the names are Sloan and Jackson. Uh, Jackson being the Aussie Aussie character there. And Sloan being, uh, is it Julia Roberts's daughter or aunt, uh, niece or something? Am I right there? Am I having a guess? Yeah, Anyone? Julia Roberts' niece is Emma Roberts. No niece cool, so Emma Roberts. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so that's probably the, the fun fact of the movie. Um, but yeah, they're, they're fed up with being single on all the, all the main holidays. So these two strangers, they meet. Um, they decide to be a platonic uh, plus one all year. So they, they're each other's holidays, essentially. Uh, and then, as you'd, uh, as you'd guess, they catch feelings for each other and you know, as every rom-com goes, they uh, muddle their way through of, you know, getting together or not getting together. Uh, and, yeah, I suppose the whole concept of the holiday was from the auntie as well, in a sense, her auntie Susan, who um, who had uh, every holiday she brought over a new guy type thing. So that was kind of her, her thing, which I may, maybe caught on a little bit there. My opinion of the movie, so I actually did have an enjoyable time watching it, so I... I do have a little bit of a thing of not minding most rom-coms. Good man. Uh, so I didn't mind watching it. But 
in three, saying that. Three out, three, out it's, of, three out of five. I gave it a one and a half out of five. Um, so it was enjoyable enough to watch. I could sit there and watch it, but I knew it was terrible. Like, I just knew this movie was not very good. So to put it in a, a small sort of summary for, for listeners and for you guys, I reckon this is a kind of movie that I put on, I prepare my dinner, I do not pause it, I just leave it still on, and then I'm happy to come back in. I'm happy to miss a minute or two. I'm happy to do the dishes after my dinner. And then I'll, I'll keep watching it and I'll know what's happening. But I'm not that fussed if I miss a few minutes of it. So that is probably uh, yeah what I thought about the movie. And what did you think, Adam? Look, I think that this is a very run-of-the-mill rom-com. Uh, but I quite enjoyed it. I thought that like it definitely hit all the rom-com tropes that I wanted it to hit. Um, I particularly like how bad the, the male actor is. Um, he was quite entertaining to watch, um, especially in that final, uh, scene inside the mall. Uh, his reaction to this person getting up on a microphone was totally unbelievable, but it was fantastic at the same time. Um, look, I, yeah, I just really enjoyed, like, like, you're not going into this film going, like, this is going to be, like, cinematography great you know it's not going to be like a fantastic story but like watching two people like just go through the motions it did a great job um i also really liked the scene where like he blows up his finger um with the fireworks yeah with the fireworks i feel like that's a very it was very relatable i think that's that's what i got out of this like yeah and what about you josh (laughs) Uh, what did your girlfriend think? Because I know that she was excited. Or did she watch this with you? Uh, so she'd already seen it. <laughs> and Amazing. She says to me, "She's like, it's terrible. It sucks. <laughs> You're gonna hate it." And yes, Jax. <laughs> she was right. She was 100 percent right. Uh, I, I, this wasn't a fun bad movie. This was a boring as shit bad movie. Like, I could not believe how long this movie went for. Yeah, the runtime's terrible. Yeah. It may have said 100 minutes, but I paused this at 20 minutes, and I was like, oh, phew. okay. Then I watched it for another six hours, and I paused it again, and it was 50 minutes in, and it had 50 minutes to go. <laughs> and I could not believe what was going on. All right, but to get into some actual criticism, I'll make one that... It, this isn't just a criticism of this movie. I just hate that movies are still pulling this joke and this trope because it's really outdated and needs to change. I hate that movies like this always act like male consent is a joke because there's a scene early on in this movie where the male character is on a date with someone else and she throws him on a bed and she starts making out with him and she hops on top of him and he says no like twice. But the whole joke is she keeps going he starts to enjoy it. So that's okay. That counts as consent. And... I just find that really needs to go in movies like this and just movies in general because it's not a good thing to do. And I don't know. I found a movie like this, which acts like it's self-aware at the start, is was so painfully unself-aware throughout the film. It was crazy. Like, there's this whole scene where they're like, oh, yeah, this is what's wrong with rom-coms. Ha, ha, ha. And then proceeds to do the exact thing to the point of it doesn't do anything new. 
Because I actually had, like, hopes for it at the start when, like, Emma Roberts' character was all like, oh, like, can't I be single and happy? Like, I don't need yeah. to, like, be bringing yep. a partner to things. Like, fuck yeah, off. That's true. And then by the end of it, she ended up with someone. So it's kind of like, well, okay. Like, that was, you know. <laughs> yeah. The, the entire movie just reinforces, like, throughout the entire movie, it's just like, you're not going to be happy unless you're with a guy. And mm. she's like, no, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. You're not going to be happy unless you're with a guy. Then throughout the movie, she's like, I'm not going to be happy unless I'm with a guy. Yeah. And every single conversation <laughs> in the entire movie is just about how finding a partner is the only important thing in life. Yeah. The, and... worst, um, the worst part of that too is so, um, you know, obviously trying to say, yeah, I'm happy being single or whatnot. And then um, the main actor, the Aussie guy, uh, Jackson, when he sort of bails her out when the ex-boyfriend and new girlfriend are there in the, um, the chocolate shop. Uh, yep. And then when he goes, oh, you owe me big time. And then he's, uh, uh, the joke is there. It's like, oh, maybe you can give me a hand job. And yeah. I'm like, the joke's there. The joke's done. But then they go to the truck afterwards. And she actually gives him a hand job, and you're like, "What?" No, she, no, she doesn't. Go that she gives him chocolate. She gives him chocolate. Oh, which, was even, which was an even worse. It was a bad. Oh. It was a bad cut. I'll admit that was a bad cut. Oh, right. I, I missed it. I was just like, "What?" Could be, as I said, preparing dinner, <laughs> going back and forth. Because I thought maybe oh, missed it. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that too. Because I was like, "What the heck's uh. happening?" And like, also, like, this is definitely targeted towards like younger, like. Yeah. No, no, no. I'll tell you, I know oh, the exact target audience. Uh, tell tell me what the target there. audience is. Because, like, I can admit there were, like, yeah, lots of terrible parts of it. So, this movie is not meant to be watched. That's the thing. And <laughs> that's why it ranks so highly on Netflix, and this is why. So, the term Netflix and chill, as we know, has become code for casual sex. You invite someone over, you put a movie on, you get to having some fun. You're not watching the movie. The movie plays in the background. Mm. First five minutes of this movie gets watched, and then the rest... And that's why it gets such a high rating on Netflix, because it's the only explanation. I actually agree with Chris a lot in terms of, like, this is a movie that, like, yeah, I was I was doing other stuff. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like you, you're, you're like... The three stars. You, you, yeah. <laughs> because, because I enjoyed it. Like, there was there was a level of enjoyment. You know, like it wasn't like awful, didn't like couldn't sit through the entire movie, you know, like that. You also, let me just say though, Adam, you also weren't like completely sober while watching this, were you? No, I was not. I was definitely not. That helps. That helped a lot. (laughs) Maybe, maybe recommendation. Wait, was this on a date potentially? (laughs) No. Oh. <laughs> maybe it was. So maybe no, Josh no, no, got no, no, no. Right. I, I actually, I no. I have to watch all of these movies that we do for the review solo, so that I pay attention. Okay. <laughs> all right. I, I'm going to raise some issues with this movie has as well. Yes. Come on. And give us the. Adam will be. Adam will be like, oh no, blah. Nah, you're looking into it too much. Give us the the, rep- the minority representation in this movie is so cliche and so backward, I could not <laughs> believe it. There are two black guys in this movie, right? One is a homeless drunk that someone brings to... that the auntie brings to Christmas. The other is a pro-golf athlete who dresses up as Black Panther for Halloween. Who is writing this? Like... 
This is yeah. these are black representations out of the like early seventies. I hadn't even picked up on that, but now that you've mentioned it, I'm oh, like, but, yeah. Oh, and and the guy of Indian descent is a doctor as well. Let's just oh, hey, yep. let's not act like positive stereotypes are a thing as well. I was gonna say, hey, wasn't yeah, the, the, um, the, oh, sorry, you go. I was gonna say, wasn't the uh, isn't it slightly forward by having the uh, the guy the the black character as Santa? Wasn't he Santa in the mall? Oh, yeah. or was he? <laughs> Which is obviously yeah, a, bit, uh, a bit random. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say that was forward thinking with the way they presented him. I know. I'm no, I was only. I was only. Oh yeah, yeah I, know, I know. I know. I <laughs> know. Oh yeah. Like it, that's just a state of Mick G produced things. I mean, yeah, happens to the babysitter too. It's as if the last thirty years haven't happened for the black characters in Mick G films. The thing I'd like to quickly mention too is like this whole concept of like a holiday. Like, would you actually no. want no. to find a rand to be spending like New Year's Eve with? Like, do do people actually like? No. I don't know. I could that didn't compute with me because I was just like, surely you would want to invest your time and energy into I don't know friends, family, <laughs> and even like you know how she was like or. Oh, yeah, I'll take him along to all these holiday, like, family events and stuff so that, like, you know, they stop pestering me. But, like, they still do anyway because they're like, oh, when are you going to find a real relationship? So, like, it's not like it even yeah, helps yeah. her out there. It's just so pointless. <laughs> they all they all knew. Like, the whole every family member knew that, that she was just bringing him along for, yeah. like, to fill a spot. And you're just like, what's the... Yeah, I agree. This is stupid. Like, what was the point? It was just like, let's just have another person there. And the fact that there was literally no reason for them not to start dating at any point throughout the whole film. <laughs> the one yeah. conversation they had at the start. Oh, no, like, bro, it... he found her unattractive. Didn't you hear that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if we're going to if we're gonna make, if we're going to take away points for films having unrealistic plot points, I cannot believe how they scored a three. I'll be honest with you guys. I feel like it scored a three just to make you guys sit through it. Like... I so all, we're gonna all, all, it anyway. all the enjoyments come in the aftermath. <laughs> we were gonna we we're gonna sit through it anyway. All right, I think that that's a pretty good spot to stop our holiday um, movie of the week. Any any there final was, thoughts? Oh, you there was one more. Yeah, yeah I had one it. more thought. I there was one scene that I was like, this could be awesome. Like I was actually thinking I could give you an extra half a mark or a mark just for this. <laughs> it was the scene in the it was the scene in the supermarket where they're like, if Ryan Gosling was behind you, you wouldn't slack. You wouldn't even you know run to him or whatever it was. And for a second, I thought there was going to be Ryan Gosling behind her, but it wasn't. So yeah, I agree. Yeah. The best part of this movie was a part that didn't happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It nearly happened, but it didn't. <laughs> a hypothetical imagined part of this movie yeah. is better than the entire yeah. movie. Can, can we? Sorry, just can we just talk? How bad was the main guy's acting? Mm. Like that it was terrible. But was... Emma Roberts wasn't any better. Like, let's not yeah, pull yeah, punches. Right. It was horrible too. No one in this movie gave a <laughs> fuck about. Anything, they're just, honestly. They're just casual Netflix check. They've read this script. They're like, yeah, people are going to be banging throughout this entire movie. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> give me my money and I'm out of here. Yep. Yep. Like uh, 100 minutes long and it felt like three hours. Yeah, the 50-minute mark, I was like, how is there still 50 minutes to go? I highly probably don't recommend you guys watch another movie called Little Italy with Emma Roberts and um, I don't know the guy from Star Wars that I, I think I talked about it on one of our podcasts 
Yeah. That's awesome. Is that the one that you were recommending? And then we looked it up and it had an average of like two. Yeah, yeah. It's the same. It's the same. It's the same, like, terrible quality. Um, yeah. Yeah. Emma Roberts is, uh, as it turns out, finding a niche for herself in these terrible rom coms. All right. Next movie. Arrival, 2016 sci-fi thriller film directed by Dennis Villeneuve. It won a Academy Award for Best Sound Editing. Amy Adams, Jeremy Renner, and Forrest Whitaker are some of the stars. It had a budget of $47 million and a box office of $203.4 million. Do you want to run us away with the plot, Josh? Um, yeah, I'll give you a quick outline. There's not really much to... Um say in this in terms of a broad outline because in essence it's a very simplistic plot which is dealt with in a very complicated way so taking place after alien crafts land around the world it follows an expert linguist which who is played by amy adams and i think jeremy renner's character is a physicist if i'm not mistaken yep and it is their job to sort of work out a way of communication with the aliens that have landed throughout the world to sort of figure out what they want and if they are a threat. And it follows a sort of a worldwide unit, a worldwide effort, but we only follow the Americans. And I think that's done in a way to sort of represent how, what it would be like dealing with foreign nations in a situation like this. And running alongside the main plot, we have a like a side plot where you're seeing flashbacks of Amy Adams dealing with the death of her 12-year-old daughter as well, and we're shown how she emotionally deals with that throughout the film. Yeah, absolutely. So I think like it's pretty important for this film maybe that we talk about spoilers. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. All right. So like, definitely. If yeah. if if that um, took your fancy, that little introduction probably right. Now is a good time to stop listening, and this will all be spoiler-filled throughout the rest. All right. So, um, I guess, what, what did you guys all think of the, the, the film, I guess, just in first impressions? I enjoyed it. I was like, by the end of it, I was like, wow, this was like a really beautiful film. Um, and I really enjoyed the fact that, like, yeah, it was it was sci-fi, but, like, the focus of, you know, the, the aliens coming to Earth wasn't um, on, like, the science of it so much. It was more like language. So obviously being, you know, an English teacher, I was like, oh, yes, I love this. I love it. Like it's, yeah, looking at like how important communication is and being able to understand others is in this context. And yeah, I thought it was um like quite sad at the same time, like with all the stuff to do with memory and like um, obviously like the daughter and all that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I was really impressed with it and I didn't expect to be. I was the same as well, yeah. I, I was quite impressed. I wasn't expecting um, it to be so good because, you know, there's quite a few uh, alien, you know, uh, type movies that are out there. Uh, and this, I think this brought a sort of nice little little twist on it. Uh, yeah, the language part was really good. I also liked the way that they analysed patterns and so forth to try and communicate. Uh, and, yeah, just the whole concept of what the weapon was, which I'm sure we'll explain later, um, was, was done really well and... Yeah, like I, I really liked it and I'd highly recommend it. Yeah, I it, it definitely gave me um, Independence Day vibes. Like obviously, like all of the um, like aliens coming down to Earth, and then um, 
like the idea of like trying to communicate with it. But I think that like what I liked about this film uh, was that it like it was such a different type of spin on it. Like it was focusing on like not so much like conflict, which Independence Day does. Um, and yeah, the fact that like it was all about like trying to communicate and like discovering the language just like, I don't know. It was such a good spin on it. Um, and especially the, the, the twist and the weapon and just the way in which America reacted to it, I thought was very on brand. Um, what about yourself, Josh? Like you'd seen this before, yeah? Yeah, I'd seen this before. I saw it when it came out and, um, I may have even underrated it this time. I gave it a four. I probably could have squeezed into the four and a half because it's just a fed, really well-crafted movie. Like everything works. The acting works. Dennis uh, Villeneuve is one of the best directors in the world at the moment. I think that's yeah, pretty I, I, I agree. I think the way it was shot was incredible too. Like it mm-hmm. was like the color palette was like um, quite dark and grim. Yeah. Um, the way that the cold open of like the daughter mm-hmm. and like watching her grow and like then not all right. So just like jumping, I guess, into the spoilers. The way that. Like, you think that it's all been, like, a linear time progression, but when you realize that it's not, and, like, the weapon is that it gives you the ability to, like, time travel and see through the astral plane, like, I thought that that was just awesome. I'm, like, that being the weapon. I don't know. It, like, and the way that I think he mixed that into the story really worked well. Hmm. Yeah, I love the... This movie progresses at in a really interesting way and the way it functions in terms of sort of the split timeline and when we find out that it's due to um, her learning their language and she starts seeing time as a non, as you were saying, as a non-linear path and starts seeing all time at the same time. And I mean, everyone respects the ending of this film for great reason. And um, I think when you find out that, the, the death of her daughter hasn't happened yet, yet she's still willing to go through all that pain and all that suffering because it's not about the end of the journey. It's about the journey you take and all the time she's going to have with her partner and her daughter and such. And, yeah, it, the ending, the last 10 minutes or so of this movie are stunningly beautiful, I felt. Mm. Um, when you said too that like this has won an Academy Award for the sound, that made so much to me because like I found the score like added so much to it in terms of like yeah, just the way it made mm. you feel like sad, the way it like made things seem tense, like it just complemented everything that was happening on the screen really well. I thought. I didn't realize that linguists get paid that much money because like she has the dopest house too. Yeah. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? When I was watching this, and I know you just said that it, their reaction's kind of on brand for America, and when I was watching it, I was like, nah, no fucking way America sends in a linguist before they send in the bombs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, one thing I would like to ask you, Adam, um, right before we started recording, I noticed that you have put up your Letterboxd review uh, which is you've given it three stars, which is firstly outrageous, seeing as you gave Holiday three stars as well. But anyway, so you've actually explained at the end here. So recommend the watch, but only three stars because of the unrealistic nature 
of the standing in the middle of the TV screen. Yes. Which which happens at the beginning when, like... And I was pissed off the whole scene. It kept going. And I was like, why is no one yelling at this woman? There's an emergency announcement. And she's standing in the middle of the TV. Oh, 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 but taking the same platonic date to every single holiday for a year <laughs> and not really, oh, shit, maybe God. we should go out once. He's completely realistic. It Three was, stars. It was level of enjoyment. And, <laughs> and that one scene no, ruined no. the movie that much for you. No, but hold, hold on. Is it your rating system based on the fact that a three-star movie is a not good movie that you may have enjoyed and a five-star movie is a objectively good movie that you enjoyed? Three stars is a good movie that I enjoyed, but not a great movie. I thought that this was a good movie. I didn't think it was, like, great. And like You're the- wrong. Like that, I'm just going to say it right now. I'm willing to call you out of this. You are wrong. There is no way that Perks of Being a Wallflower is better than this movie. I as a film, it, it's you guys. Are, you guys are looking at it like a scale. no, but your system. No, no, but you I'm saying I enjoyed it. Scale of enjoyment. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I wasn't like, oh my god, this is the best thing I've ever seen. It didn't hit that. It didn't hit that note for me. But you, quote, the way quote, you've explained you your scale, yeah, it doesn't. Well, one, yeah, your review doesn't say that. You actually say that it's an amazing film with your review. In, yeah, in your um, <laughs> in your review, you actually say this exact phrase. Loved the film. I did. I don't know about film. you, but loved is a very strong word. Loved is a very so, strong word. I don't know. But did haven't we established that your rating scale, the difference between a three and five goes on the actual quality of the film? And not an enjoyment factor. No, it definitely, it definitely goes scale? on enjoyment. It's, it's, it's a combination of everything. You're right. I could see this being a five film, but that one scene threw me out of the realism of it. That one scene was not in the movie. You would have given this a five. Mm, nah, I don't think so either. Like <laughs> you, you, you are so trying to justify a broken system here. <laughs> uh, I look. I'm recommending everyone go out and see Arrival. Is it kind of an Independence Day ripoff in a way? Yes. Is it? You're, ki- you're kidding, right? This movie's so much better than Independence Day. It's ridiculous. All right. In Independence Day, so I can't comment. Wow. I need to rewatch it. I remember. I, I remember. I really liked Independence Day, but I can't fully remember it. I've seen Independence Day like more times than I can probably count on my hand. I don't know who else. <laughs> don't don't quote that, Emily. Don't quote that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like it, like it's very similar premise. Like the entire build up of like, the only difference is the aliens attack, and that's why I think I like like I quite like this film because it was a different take on it. But this was also like a little bit slow for my liking. If I'm being honest with you guys, it was a little bit slow. Like, I don't need to justify it to you guys, but I'm it giving it a. It was take. 15 minutes longer than Holiday, and Holiday felt like it went for four years long. Yeah. I- I don't know. I feel like Amy Adams was just playing Lois Lane again. She was all sad and mopey. I feel like you're just uh, going from point to point to try and justify <laughs> that you're not wrong when you are. Anyway. This is going to fall up on a regular scale, let alone your scale. And I think it does have a high percentage of fives on Letterboxd. I'm sorry. I'm giving it a three. It was good. It wasn't great. 
All right. Uh, I'll uh, go. We'll go. To, we'll try to get on a few, uh, a few important, more uh, topics here rather than just bagging Adam out. We'll get yeah. back to that at the end, I reckon. Uh, but yeah, I I do slightly agree with that first scene, but I didn't take marks off for it. I was like, why are you standing in front of the TV? So I do agree with you it there. Was but so I wouldn't I wouldn't take a minute off. Oh, sorry, a um a point off for a two scene. points in Adams. It took, it took me out of the whole yeah. movie, guys. It took me out of the yeah. movie. No, like you're telling me there's an emergency announcement and no one's yelling at you. It had just standing, started though. She's standing in the center of the screen, center. Dead centre. There's like a room full of people behind her. Anyways, continue. How did it take you uh, out of it when you were literally only like 20 minutes how in? Were you not in even. How were you in the movie before that scene? Yeah. It just seems unrealistic. I mean, like I'd be yelling at you to get out of the way. But the- hey, miss, there's an emergency <laughs> announcement. And then she yeah. stands what? right in front of the TV. I'm yelling at her. I'm not sitting there. That was like a minute long scene too. And I, the whole the- time I was getting... I, I'm just this saying. It's literally the same thing as Climax, where he's like, <laughs> yeah, 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 the movie was great, but people don't talk in duos and parties. So I hated it. Three stars. Like, I, you can't say that like, these little things took you out of movies. It's where- not hate. It's not hate. I really enjoyed this film but it doesn't get the five star tick of approval from me that's all i'm saying josh that's all i'm uh, saying it, and it'll break it's, you sorry chris no, it's uh, it's frustrating because of your reasoning not because it doesn't get the five sorry chris continue that's right the second thing i was going to say was um i felt like this part does happen in quite a few movies but you've got uh, Ian and Louise, so the two, um, the doctor and the linguist doctor and the, I'm not sure what Ian was, he was some sort of Physicist. science background. Physicist, Physicist. Yeah. Some science Yeah, guy. so they they get taken to the, you know, the site of the arrival or the aliens and it's like, oh, can you just sign this thing? We're just going to give you this massive cocktail of drugs and it's like just a waiver for it. It's like, no, nah, nothing for your time. Also at the end when they leave, it's like, yeah, thanks guys, but you're gone. Um, yeah, it just feels like there's no sort of uh, reward for all their effort other than, obviously, she's got the, the gift. But you, do you know what I mean? There's, are people sort of agreeing it with that? Yeah. I, I see where you're coming from, but I think that's yeah. probably the most realistic part about the whole movie. Also, if this was the yeah. US government, that's probably what would happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah if you get work, sick, we don't oh, care. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I thought that was uh, yeah, a bit strange. And then the one thing I wanted to also for you guys to maybe explain to me, because I didn't re-go back over it. But we talked about how they they had we've got spoilers anyway. So how they have a kid together. So it ends up being uh, mm-hmm. Louise and Ian. Now Louise, I'm assuming I don't think it explains this unless I missed it. But Louise doesn't tell Ian what's happening to their kid. Does does she? And you that's why so. yeah. that's why he's left her. Yes. Oh it, well. So it's it sort of functions yeah. like that. It means she's see she's literally seeing her entire life as a nonlinear thing. Like you can see yeah. all of time at the same time. I would assume that she wouldn't tell him and that he wouldn't learn the language because it, yeah, it's just something that has happened in yeah. a period of time. But then she also writes a book about mm. the language, which implies that she will pass that knowledge on to every human because every human needs to know about it to deal with the threat that's coming in 3,000 years. Mm-hmm. So what, surely he would be like the one of the first people to read it. You would yeah, think so. that kind of confused me, that part. Or I maybe like, he yeah, left because sure. she knows she's going to die. 
Maybe. Oh, so by the time he's learnt it, maybe. Mm. Maybe, yeah. yeah. But at the same time, if this was to happen, if this was real, I guess that there would obviously be an adjustment period where people are learning to live with the fact that they now can see everyone's entire life happening at once. Yeah. So that would sort of just become the norm, I guess, if everyone yeah. does learn the language. Mm. I did love the scene with the Chinese um, government, the the main guy mm. there, where um, yeah, she needs to know the well, she needs to know the phone number, but she mm. you know obviously does her non-linear um, time sort of travel or however you call it uh, to to see the number in the future and then comes back and actually oh, is able to able to good. dial it in. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that... it's a uh, it's a Bill and Ted show, and it sort of feels like a. I don't know, I feel like that, that sort of part of it feels like that bit in Inception, where... Mm, I was definitely getting Inception, Inception vibes. But I feel like it's there's more dramatic tension in this one, because this one has the reality of you'd be like, well, yeah, America and China would be fucking going against each other on this. And it that's the best part about showing how the language and language bring everyone together in this. And I feel like they do a really good job earlier in the film when they're sort of going from the base of the language and she's trying to explain to Forrest Whitaker's character, the general, that we have to start on a basis of they don't know anything because if they misinterpret something and we're doing things wrong, then we will get misinformation, which is exactly what did happen and which sort of sends the plot forward. And that's another part that I really liked about this film is that all the danger in this film is on the humans and their willingness to accept that everything must be war or that the intention for everything is for taking over Violence, everything. Yeah. So it's such a human nature thing. It's literally the only reason they do it. There's no sign of aggression from the aliens at all. And they're just like, oh no, they must be counting down. They must be attacking. Oh, it's the weapon. It's the weapon. It's like this, yeah, feels like what would happen if you had real world powers trying yeah, to do that whole fight or flight type thing isn't yep. it so yep. one one other question so there were so many different ships right and so many different locations mm -hmm. that had like the, why were they at all the different locations and why were they in perth didn't they know where everyone was if it if well, it was like, like a I communication thought, bit <laughs> yeah no, so no, I, I, I think i can explain it i actually think i have a reason for this yeah i don't think they were in perth either because then there was that other map they showed and it was just like kind of in the middle of the ocean and i was like what uh was it okay I th yeah, it was like Australia. I thought that the reason for that is because they knew sort of the outcome, that they sort of knew where they had to be to deal with the people that needed to be in positions. Because, um, like, the people who all contributed contributed something differently, I think. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. That would have been... That's just my logical conclusion. I don't actually know, but it sort of made sense. I, I think the only thing I found a little bit jarring and i like i think i've knocked a few points off because of it like just more justification is there really only three main characters in this whole film um like maybe you could classify the general as like a character as well but like it's really amy adams jeremy renner and forrest whitaker it was like surely there were going to be more scientists there's there needs to be like i i don't know i just felt like there could have been more and still conveyed a really good story. Still think it was good. Anyways, I, I can tell that uh, I'm frustrating everyone by my... No, I, I 
don't understand what another character would have added, though. Yeah, valid point. <laughs> I think um one one other thing that like I just thought was like a little bit odd about it was how like they when they went aboard the like alien spacecraft or whatever for the first time, like the two scientists hadn't mm. really been briefed about what to expect. Like they were really just kind of like thrown in there with like no real brief and like it didn't feel like they'd kind of been like um given any sort of warning about yeah like what what they were going to look like what it was going to be like and it just struck me as a bit odd that part but like it was fine it, it didn't make me take a mark off it like yeah. Adam or anything that I, was I unre- that was unrealistic especially <laughs> that like you'd, you'd tell them you know we're going to get in there and then the gravity is kind of yeah. going to go like <laughs> that you're yeah, going to have to yeah there was um with the oxygen thing like how they kept the mask on isn't that why they took the bird in that's what I thought. To, yeah. Just no one was willing to be the first to, to take the risk. Mm. <sighs> yeah. All in all, I think it was a pretty, like, yeah, it was a good movie. Um, and I think that you should definitely check it out if you're a fan of sci-fi. And even if you're not, I think that, like, it just is a standalone great film. I think, yeah, a, st- <laughs> a standalone great Three. Three, Three stars. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, moving on from my rating system, because I'm never going to hear the end of it. Mm. Um, what are the films we're going to watch next week, Emily and Chris? Because you guys are up for the choice. Uh, I picked one wa- called Lars and the Real Girl, which has uh, Ryan Gosling in it, and it seems very, very strange. So, hopefully, it's a good, good one to speak about. And I have selected His House, which is a horror film on Netflix um, about, yeah, a refugee couple that, um, yeah, escaped to an English town but have to deal with some sort of evil within that town. Awesome. So you will hear our thoughts on those next week. Uh, Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Film School Podcast and thanks so much, everyone, for your valid opinions on all of the movies. Uh, You can follow us... uh, at Film School Pod. You can follow us on YouTube uh, and all podcast services. Uh, we also have individual letterbox uh, and all the details for those are in the description below. Um, thanks so much and we'll see you guys next Wednesday. <laughs>